Well, I've been announcing, and we posted on Facebook and Twitter, that the Jacob Kornblue, well-known political reporter, reporter in the Jewish world, reporter for the Yeshiva world, somebody who's in City Hall practically every day, if not every day, we'll find out in a moment, uh, is here with us in studio at JM and the AM. He has watched the de Blasio administration now for four and a half months. I mean, he watched it way before that, but I mean, since the uh, mayor became mayor officially. And he's here to uh, give us some of his impressions. Jacob Kornblue, welcome to JM and the AM. Good morning, Nachum Siegel. It's such an honor to be, uh, especially in the studio. I mean, this is a first, and I- I'm just overwhelmed. I appreciate that very much. So, um, how did you get into this whole game? How many years ago do we start to find out how you became a reporter that now sits in City Hall on a regular basis? Well, I, um, this um, next week is my birthday, my 33rd birthday. So I would say 20 years ago I started uh, <laughs> uh, paying attention to politics. It started in, in, the, in the United Kingdom. It went over to Israel. And then when I came here to the United States, I always expressed uh, interest in um, national politics. And a few years ago, I started, I got involved in local politics uh, in 2013, in January, uh, when candidates started to announce uh, their bid for mayor. I stepped into a vacuum because you always have these brilliant reporters, you always have these bloggers, you always have uh, uh, guys covering uh, mayoral or, or local elections, but you never have somebody that actually focuses on a specific group, and this specific group is a large and very respected group, right. and that's the Jewish community in New York. It's the second largest uh, metropolitan area after Tel Aviv. So this is significant, and the candidates, there were many candidates oh, yeah. running for mayor, <laughs> and all these candidates sought the Jewish vote. So there had to be some middle guy uh, in between to communicate between voters and the candidates, and that's where I stepped in. I would see. I would think that, that New York politics can only be in the blood to the degree that you're expressing to somebody who's really you know from this area. Can you come from the United Kingdom and then Israel and then really hop what's going on in New York City? It takes time, and that's why I didn't step in in 2001 right. when Bloomberg became mayor. I waited three terms, uh, and here I am, I mean... And, and and I can humbly say that I don't know everything. Understood. I'm not yet uh, fully aware of every issue uh, in New York, but I would say that I know today more than I knew 12 months ago because after attending maybe 80 forums and debates, I know every issue that matters to New Yorkers. Right. And that's a good thing because, after all, uh, no matter what race you are, no matter what ethnicity you are, every issue in New York matters to you if it's uh, transportation, traffic, yeah, access. It and to everybody. Every, it's everything. Jacob Cornblue is here. Your Twitter feed is what's the handle? At Jacob Cornblue. Simple as that. And people should follow it. I find it very interesting. And the email that you send out is a daily email? Is that daily, the one I get from you? Or is that That's the- a new project that I just embarked on, and that's a. Uh, that's actually uh, an email you know you can compare it to Mike Allen's playbook right. uh, it has all of the Jewish news not only political right. news it has philanthropy news any right. business news so is that something that people can subscribe to and is it yeah, in fact a you, daily email 
Yes. Uh, How do uh, people subscribe to it? I recommend it. You just go on to jewishinsider.com, and you'll find on the page the daily email. It's called the daily kickoff, so you can Google it too, daily kickoff, and you can just subscribe, and you'll get it every morning between 5 and 6 a.m. I mean, it's really comprehensive. You must be up all night every night. No, not necessarily. Listen, after uh, dealing an entire day uh uh, observing the news, writing the news, it takes literally an hour or two, maybe three, it depends on the scoops and it depends on what you gotta cover, but it, 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 after swimming in the water, it only takes a few minutes to dive back in. <laughs> Jacob Cornblue in our studio, so I'm at an event a couple of nights ago and someone says to me that the, um, well, he says to me, well, Ray Kelly's going to have to come back. I said, what? What do you mean? He goes, are you aware of the fact, he says to me, that crime statistics are up three times in the four months that de Blasio is mayor? Now, I know that depending on which newspaper you read, <laughs> crime statistics are either up or down. I, I know you have to take everything like that with a grain of salt. But can you speak to this point at all? Are, are, has crime risen in New York City in the last four months or not? Would you know? First of all, Bill Bratton was the first one right. <laughs> to actually reduce crime. He was but the But we know the role of the mayor yeah. and symbolically what the mayor means when, you know, when it comes to fighting crime. I would say, first of all, stop and frisk was a method, was a tool, not only to reduce crime, it was basically a... To uh, discourage a, a, crime. Yes, a deterrence. You knew you cannot go out in the street right. with a gun because police is going to stop you. Right. We say deterrence on this side of the pond, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, and, you know, since uh, um, the implementation of a uh, inspector general, uh, I think uh, the commissioner alluded to that, that uh, stop and frisk dropped by 90%. Right. So you can, you can look at that, but you can also look at the different uh, uh, um, aspect. And that is, in today's world, the world of WhatsApp, Twitter, blogs, and ambitious reporters that know everything, that report everything, uh, it's very hard to cover up for crime. And I would say that maybe, and I cannot uh, prove it on pen and paper, but it may be that in today's world, reporting crime has gone up more uh. than in the past, and therefore... Unfortunately, it right. became more evident so the in the Blasio's administration. Right. But you you got to look at the numbers uh, um, not only as a statistic but as a trend. Right. And if after four months it went up, I I I, I do not have the stats right. in front of me. Well, the New York but Times if, would but say But no if it went up by five percent or ten right. percent, it may be that the rise is because it's the summer, right. the first summer month. Are usually spring is usually you know when the burglars and the, th the thieves come out from the hiding after uh, after the tough winter after such a winter. <laughs> I mean, who would go on the street in in such a snow? So you got to look basically on a year to year right. trend. And so far, uh, crime has not increased right. dramatically. I, I just thought it was interesting that someone said that to me. Uh, were you in City Hall yesterday? Actually, yesterday, there was no reason to go to City Hall. Well, so the last press conference you were at was when? Uh, last week. I cannot recall. And what was the most recent question that you asked at a press conference? My most recent question was actually uh, when de Blasio uh, unveiled the executive budget for right. this year. 
And my question was something that um, the mayor, when he ran as a candidate, when he saw the Jewish vote, he came last year and he promised to restore Priority 5 and Priority 7 vouchers. Right. Uh, priority 5 is for special needs and Priority 7 is after schools program, programs. And, and he, he basically promised, and this was the only promise that he gave publicly right. that he will restore when he returns to office. Right. And so far, he hasn't kept that promise. So I was looking in, at the numbers and as he presented the budget, I was, I wanted to see where because you know so, um sources in city hall told me that there will be a partial uh, uh restoration of the priority 7 because the state gave uh um uh, an, an enormous amount of money uh for a 145 million after school program um uh, uh budget mm-hmm. so i just wanted to know how much was uh allocated towards Priority seven vouchers, and the mayor had no answer. And upon my research, uh, I figured out that there's no restoration of that vouchers at all. Actually, around 600 of over 1,000 current applicants, meaning to say people who signed up right. and are in line waiting for that vouchers, might get in the next year or two from the 145 million budget so you're looking at four or five million dollars maybe six million dollars but it's not in the form of vouch of of priorities seven vouchers and it's not something significant uh if you look at the portion that the orthodox jewish community uh uh, is based in in new york and and especially in brooklyn are you always following the mayor if he's at events is there a good chance you are somewhere behind him uh either i'm behind him I mean, in front of him, actually, sitting in yeah, front of him. Yeah, or if he's walking on the street, yeah. or behind him, I guess. Or, or I would be behind a computer watching the live stream. Right. So I would always monitor every event that he goes to. And you're, he'd prefer if you were not there, or he'd prefer if no media was there? <laughs> like, In other words, are there some members of the media that he doesn't mind that they follow him, and are there others where he's more irritated when they follow him? <laughs> uh, I, listen, I... I I don't know if the mayor takes it personally or not, but I could say that uh, the transparency of this administration is not at the greatest. Uh, Most events, meaning to say if it's public or non-public event, but a lot of events are closed to press or not even on the schedule. So you really don't know where the mayor is all all the time. Uh, The open events usually are press conferences or um, speeches. So right. if you go to a speech, you have no Q&A afterwards. Press conferences, you usually have an on-topic conversation, a Q&A, and then afterwards you have a few for off-topic. But if you want to really meet the mayor, uh, I think it, it's the best way how to communicate with the mayor is at a press conference right. because you get uh, in front of an audience, you get the, the the opportunity to ask the mayor any question that your followership and your readership would really appreciate. Are you still affiliated with Yeshiva World News? Yes, I do in-depth articles for Yeshiva World News, and as the political season will will kick off, I'll be doing more on Yeshiva World News. But currently, I'm um, I'm writing on JPUpdates.com. And uh, and uh, when you say political season heat up, it's because November will have. 
sometime. We don't know if it'll be a competitive election, but there'll be statewide elections. Uh, it won't be competitive as of now, uh, but there will be uh, an aggressive outreach to the Jewish community, and that's where I come in. To try to oust Governor Cuomo. Mm. Or both. Both, both. sides will both Governor try. Cuomo right. wants to win an overwhelming majority. Right. He wants a super majority. So he'll reach out to the Jewish world and his opponent will reach out to the Jewish Absolutely. world. Absolutely. You'll see an aggressive outreach to the Jewish community. Jacob Kornblue is here. All right. Uh, there's an impression uh, among many people in leadership positions and otherwise in the Jewish community of the five boroughs that since the primary election, since it became obvious that Bill de Blasio would become the next mayor of the city of New York, that in many ways he's ignored the Jewish community. Now, you're there on the front lines. Would you say there's anything to this claim? I mean, the facts are that uh, de Blasio has not visited the Jewish community in Brooklyn. Uh, his last appearance at a Jewish event was uh, commemorating the Yom HaShoah, and that was that was at the Jace, um the JCC, um, no, Kojo of, of Westside, sorry. So, and, and it wasn't a, um, a public event. Not a community-wide event. And it was basically, uh, you know, he, he, he was honored at the JCRC dinner, which is philanthropist, but actually uh, communicating, coming down to the community, meeting with the community, that hasn't happened, compared to numerous visits uh, at churches on Sunday, compared to over a dozen appearances at Reverend L. Char- with Reverend L. Sharpton. So, uh, what the community feels is basically, you know, the Blasio may feel that the community didn't, uh, didn't uh, vote for him overwhelmingly. I mean, he got a decent showing in Borough Park, right. like around 40, 45%, but it's still, there's a feeling, there's a disconnect between. Right, he got 80% city it's citywide and. Yes. And, and only 50% in noticeably Jewish communities, let's put it that way. And and would everyone agree with you? If I had a whole bunch of Jewish leaders in this room right now who are in New York City and have leadership roles and have had some association with mayoral administrations, would they agree with your assessment that there's some type of, uh, I don't know, ambivalence from City Hall right now to the Jewish community? Depends if the mics are on or off. They may not say it publicly. They will not say it publicly. And uh, I had over a dozen conversations with noted community leaders. Nobody wanted to talk on the record unless they were willing to praise de Blasio. (laughs) So you can see when I write uh, an article and I have over a dozen sources that were critical of de Blasio and only three people were willing to have their name published praising de Blasio, and the praise wasn't that de Blasio is so great and de Blasio is the best mayor that the Jewish community could have. They just said, give him a chance to communicate after the pre-K battle, after uh, cutting a deal with the unions. And the the, the, the deal with the UFT uh, or labor union, that people in the community believe that he's cozying up to them in favor of others, meaning to say he's looking for his re-election. Uh, they supported Bill Thompson in the primary, right. and he would prefer not to have the same battle that Governor Cuomo has with the liberal base. So he's, and and you're talking about seventeen billion dollars right. or more, and you have no idea how this will impact 
the deficit and the budget in the coming years. So that's where he's concentrating his efforts. And that, that's the point by the community leaders, that he's, he has bigger fish to fry than worrying about you know, showing up at Jewish events. It's not only showing up at Jewish events. It's also about issues right. that pertain to the Jewish event. I mean, there's no resolution currently on Matitsu Bepe, right. which was a big issue in the primaries. There's no resolution for Priority 5 and Priority 7. Pre-K even, he provided provisions that would enable uh, yeshivas and, 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 and moistus community-based organizations to enroll in the pre-K, in the full-day pre-K program. However, that was like of vague uh, provisions, like if you have a mezuzah at the door of the building, you're not required to remove it. Right. But if you want to bench with your kids in the middle of the day, if you want to say a brocha in the middle of the day, you cannot do it in this period of the six uh, hours and 20 minutes. You can either do it before or after. Right, not during the public school day, in other words, right? And you got to speak English. Who right. in the Jewish community, when you're three years old, uh, do you speak Yiddish at home or you speak right. uh, uh, eloquent English? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you can answer that question for us. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web. JMAM.org. Jacob Cornblue is here. He's a City Hall reporter and a million other titles. Uh, at Jacob Cornblue on Twitter. The email for the, um, for the, the email newsletter. How do you get it? You go to which website to get the email? JewishInsider.com. Here are my two observations as a follow up to what you just said. A minor observation and what I consider to be a major observation. The minor observation is that Bill de Blasio and I, you know, aside from having something very noticeable in common, that were basically the same height, uh, have been you know, relatively cordial over the years, a long, long time. Always nice when I see him in person. And, I, and I'm still waiting because I, I called his staff to congratulate him after the primary victory and was assured that he'd call back you know, to accept that congratulatory phone call. Never happened. But that's minor you know, compared to the big picture. The big picture to me is, and this to me was a major statement, it's one thing when his predecessors, who you know, had relatively small knowledge of the Jewish world uh, in New York City coming into their job, uh, if they don't show up to a specific event or, or approach a specific community, you know, maybe they were misguided, maybe they were misinformed by their staff. I get that. And also, I know what it's like, because I've seen this with the previous mayors, when every community in New York is taking credit for electing them, <laughs> and, you know, and everyone expects that it'll show up to 150 different ethnic group, you know, celebrations <laughs> right after the election. I understand all of that. But the the thing that that got me, and maybe it was just you know the wrong place at the wrong time. This man, the mayor of the city of New York, knows the Brooklyn Jewish community. I mean, he really knows the. Am I right that he served as city councilman in Brooklyn, New York? And he knows every macha. Exactly. Every. I mean, he he knows the routine. He knows the lingo. He knows everything about the Brooklyn Jewish community. And when I was at the Kojo of Flatbush breakfast, which I don't remember the date that it was, but when I was there, March. it was in March, and it, and the word was that he was going to be there, which I fully understood. I said to myself, you know, whether the Jewish community gets credit for electing him or not, Kojo of Flatbush, I mean, you know how many, you know, machers were in that room and how a lot of people in that room, you know, have a close relationship with him or, you know, helped him in some way, shape, or form. And I thought that 
he is mayor and knowing you know the the uh, impact of the Flatbush and Borough Park Jewish communities and everybody from those communities in any leadership position was in the room that day should show up for five minutes. I mean, you know, I understand he was on his way to a big speech and all that, but, you know, you got the lights and sirens. <laughs> come by in the first five minutes of the event. Come by in the middle five minutes of the event or come by at the very end of the event, you know, and, and just and say hi to everybody, whether you... you you know, whether you give a big speech or not there. And that, to me, that he didn't make the time to do that with his understanding of our community. And he knowing how important both the Kojo Flatbush breakfast are and the equivalent breakfast in places like like Borough Park would be, that was shocking to me. That's my observation. And he was actually honored with a life dedication That's award. Right. There was an award that day for him. I mean, uh, the Daily News had uh, last week, I think, uh, they rolled out emails that showed that he had no intention of coming. And I was not aware of this. Nobody so, was so aware of that. So when we were told to announce that he's on his way, that was a lie. He was not on his way. The mayor's office maintains that he wasn't scheduled to appear. It was never on his schedule. However, every, every organizer and even the guy that was mentioned in the email. Uh, the Daily News had an email that Leon Goldenberg, which is a, he, he's a close friend with sure. Blasio. Very prominent member of the community. And he, the date is a little conflicting because I think the, the event was on March 24 and this or March 23rd. I'm not yet. sure. Uh, and the date of the email shows a day afterwards. So maybe the mayor answered only um, after, after the, the event, event right. but it shows that the, he asked if the mayor is coming, and the mayor said, um, "I apologize. I will. I cannot make it to this event um, out of a scheduling conflict, but I'll try and do another event." But every uh, organizer and everyone at the mic, and you're talking about uh, uh, these people that know the community and they know what's going on. They sure. know who came and who's uh, scheduled to come. Uh, um, said. Just uh, and it was a four-hour event, I right. think. And they said to to the 500, 600 people in the room, just right. be patient. The mayor is on his way. Right. And everybody was gasping, like, "What's wrong? It's eleven o'clock already, and the mayor is not up yet." I mean, he's still mayor of New York. And and uh, the truth was, he was up already at eight o'clock. He was in City Hall meeting with the staff, and he was on the way to Queens to uh, an appearance at a church. So, you know, he has his priorities, but I think the Kojo Flatbush, first of all, is the biggest breakfast in right. the community in the year. But we are already five months in his administration, and there were numerous events that were non-political. And you can always show up. You don't have to show up to an event that is uh, uh, just for photo ops for the same 20 people that always uh, uh, get themselves in the pictures. Right. You got to meet with the community, with the hardworking uh, f uh, people that pay their dues and contribute to New York City, like every other community yeah. does. And you need, so far, you need a town hall meeting. You and need one night. And so far, he has met with almost every community and the regular guy in the street that may have cast his ballot for Bill De Blasio, asking, "Where's the mayor?" I go to City Hall. I see him every day. I report. You can read my reports. You can you can communicate through me. But 
the regular guy still wants to see the mayor comes from from my community. He was there all these years. He promised that City Hall will be open for the Orthodox Jewish community compared to the previous administration. And so far, five months is a significant time. It's not a 100-day grace period. It's five months. And it's not me, and it's not those people who seek photo ops because those people could find a way <laughs> uh, to get a picture on a un- at an unscheduled event <laughs> with the mayor. But you're talking about the regular guy in the street and, and they have not seen that the mayor is really attuned to the problems and the issues that w- when it comes to the greater Jewish community. Right. And will it make a difference or not is the question because uh, – well, uh, the Jewish community, is, as influential as it is, is uh, you know may may not be as large and as uh, it's uh, still sixteen percent of the electorate. It could it could it couldn't make or break an election, but it could still help in a primary. Right. And you know, uh, you always need the cash too. Right, hundred percent. A lot of fundraising goes on in the Jewish world. Yes. Jacob Cornblue, he spends a good part of his day and week at City Hall. And uh scale of one to ten. Um eight. <laughs> scale of one to ten. Uh, I mean I asked you er- I asked you earlier about reporters that the mayor would prefer him you know, not follow him. Are are you considered to be, you know, a hounder, somebody that's always on his back and always chasing him or you're considered to be a low-key you know back-of-the-room type guy who you know he doesn't mind seeing when he walks into city hall i mean if I, if i was low-key i wouldn't be jacob Cornblow. <laughs> so i cannot say i'm low-key and i'm always uh compared to marcia kramer who who does he hate seeing more you or marcia kramer well marcia kramer <laughs> i mean he would prefer not to see but I, I I would say uh, it's not so much about fear. Um, I'm there as an honest reporter. Yes, sometimes I make fun of him because in today's world, you need to entertain right. your followership. A jab or two, right? Yeah, and, and Twitter is that platform. Right. But um, in all essence, I report the news as I see it. And if there's something positive that the mayor does, I'll be the first one to report about that. Affordable housing, his plan that he initiated, he promised that it won't be the 1% that Mayor Michael Bloomberg gave to the community. It will be significantly more. We just have to wait and see if he keeps up with that promise. But if there's something that the mayor does and you ought to know it, I'll be there to report it. On the other hand, I'll be there to hold him accountable. Right. Uh, at Jacob Cornblue, um, K-O-R-N-B-L-U-H, on Twitter, JewishInsider.com, right? Yes. A daily email that we are recommending. And uh, obviously, as you mentioned, uh, when things heat up, they'll find you on Yeshiva World News as well, especially when it comes to the political stuff. I thank you for joining me here this morning. Oh, it's my honor. I would stay here all day long. <laughs> Today you'll be at the Democratic Convention in Westchester, correct? Yes. Do you, aside from the official nomination over these couple of days of Governor Andrew Cuomo for governor, do you expect any other significant news from that gathering? When the entire rank and file of New York State comes together, there's always what to see and what to report about. Interesting. I'll keep that in mind. Thank you, Jacob Cordblue. 11 minutes after 8 o'clock. We're in hour number three on a Wednesday at JM in the AM.